Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tonarius podcast. I am your host, James, and I'm joined by my good friend, Timmy Lang. Hey, everyone. Rowan is on the deck. Say hi, Rowan. We have a few people in the audience today, but the guest is the most important person as always, and it is Ryan Tuberty. How are you, lads? How are you keeping, Ryan? I'm good. It's good to be here. <laughs> good we, to have you. I, I love being at the other side of the desk, and I say that not meaning it for one second. I'm dreading this. Uh, not dreading meeting you two guys, because we had a lovely chat the last time on TV, but I'm in a totally different uh, headspace now, knowing that you two boys are looking at me going, right, we've got them. Uh, uh, <laughs> but only that I liked you so much the last it, time I hope that wasn't a trick to get me no, here no, that no. chair does things to people yeah, yeah, it actually it does, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it just it, it makes them feel so yeah. comfortable yeah, yeah, that they yeah. just they relax yeah. and it's just like it. and they'll open up and that's why we have the tissues in front of you there instead you start crying yeah. in I think it might be the, <laughs> yeah for James actually <laughs> <laughs> this could be very upsetting for you yeah. I know yeah. no it's good to see you fellas and um, likewise I'm still thinking about your appearance on the late late you were just wonderful and we got a great response and you know um, I hope it was good for you guys as much as it was for, for me and for us it was lovely for us it, obviously it's the biggest platform on TV and it was a real privilege for us to sh- showcase our personalities really because that's what we have personality and communication skills but um, and it was also it was a big step for us as well you know to go on national television like that and to just speak very openly about who we are where we've come from and we felt so comfortable doing it as well. And, and it, it just brought us on to the next step as well. Yeah. You know, because even beforehand, I was, God, I was nervous. nervous. Yeah, I can uh, believe it. I get nervous I too. I was yeah. nervous. And I was, like, I was at the steps and the producer was there. Uh, the director, whoever was there, she said, yeah, we're going to open two seconds. Then I was holding. And I was like, I was like, yeah, stallion. Just waiting yeah. to get out of the box, yeah. like just to go. Uh, because I just I, I was trying to just feel all the, the nerves, but it was a great experience. Do you, know, do you know the experience of that? Do you know and the Tommy Turner show because it's pre-recorded. Yeah. And we even when I was on that, Tommy even said this would give you a great admiration for the people that do it live because it ups the ante. It's a different and beast. W- when we were on Clareborn, like when, when we were on with you, we were grand and relaxed because we got to meet you beforehand and you know we knew that. I met your going, families, yeah, which I think is really important was, too. I was so happy that you had your families with you because when you have kids around, people you love, you suddenly feel it's like it's like a bike with stabilizers. You know, it just it's much nicer. There's a lot of love in the room. Yeah. And then by the time you come down to meet me or whatever, and I meet your family, it suddenly feels like we're not we're not meeting each other cold. And now we know each other. You sit down, and you go, okay, you got you kind of got the bit of the measure, me and me of you. You have to look the whites in the eyes. And as you were saying about the nerves, like the for people that come on, it could be actors and singers they're used to this sort of thing but you guys are coming on on late late show Jesus like and I totally get that it's a totally different story but yet you are so calm and calm and calm we were on Clareborn Live a few months ago yeah she's vicious (laughs) (laughs) she's lovely but you know that's a very opinionated show yes yes. and like we didn't know what we were going to be asked where were we to me the chest was boom 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 and I know him so well now right and because it was COVID we were quite separated and we had no tables with water in front of us you know and I I knew by how he was talking his mouth was dry he couldn't speak properly. 
<laughs> oh, that's terrible. And when we were sitting down, then right, uh, the, the producer says, uh, she said, now, sure, no, you sit next to Ryan near the table. And when I was walking, oh, I see the glass of water. I said, they must have copped on the last time. <laughs> Get him near the water. Yeah. Get him near the water, yeah. Oh. Anyway, it went well. Thank you. So we'll go back, right? Yeah. Do you want right. to tell us a little bit about where you're from, what it was like growing up? Yeah, I come from a very privileged background. Uh, I got pretty much the really good lotto numbers um, when I was growing up. I often, I often say that because, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't. And I often wonder what that must mean to be the person who is looking, especially people who are looking at other people thinking, why do they have that? And why do I have to work my ass off for that? I, I never quite get that. I think that's the social justice thing in me that tries to figure that out. I'm not sure. But I, I came from from Black Rock. I'm, I'm the South Side nightmare uh, come, uh, come to life. You know what I mean? Went to a very good school, so-called. And it was. I had good fun there. It was a rugby playing school. and uh, But I didn't like playing rugby, as you can imagine. Look at the size of me. And so I went in and said, look, I don't have any skills in sports so i retired from sport at the age of nine and uh as i say to kids and then i, I the only part i played in the pitch was as a post um <laughs> i was like a post in a wig and uh, i said to the principal of the school i said look at um i'm not i'm not big like them i'm definitely not handsome like them so i'm not going to pose a threat to many people i said but i do talk a lot now I don't know if it's guff, but I talk it. And he said, okay, well, maybe would you think of doing this school concert? Do you want to introduce some acts? And I said, what does that involve a microphone? I said, yeah, that sounds good. Because I was a show-off, so, you know, but with no, <laughs> with no backup. Uh, so I couldn't show off on a pitch, and I couldn't show off in a disco. Which was a natural flair for showmanship. I, well, I was just wanted to, I, I wanted attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's now called narcissism, unfortunately. <laughs> and I say pointing at my colleagues who are with me, uh, go, nodding, going, yes, narcissistic. Um, but it is a, a certain amount of that too. So I I, I was a nerd. Um, I say, the, why am I using the past tense? Uh, I am a nerd. Um, I loved reading. And uh, What loved, kind of books would you read? I, was, I would have read... Would, you know, you, would it be fiction and oh, fiction? fiction, yeah. And then I moved into, so I got really into the history and music and the Beatles and Elvis Presley and Frank Sinatra. Strangely, always old world. Like I've, I've always felt I, uh, there's been a terrible mistake. I don't belong to the 21st century. I have a face from black and white movie from the 1940s and I should be in monochrome. I really believe that. I think this has been a terrible <laughs> mistake. I think someday they're going to pluck me out and say, do you know what? You're like Fred Astaire's cousin that he didn't know he had. Uh, <laughs> out of my sight you're in the wrong era pal so and yeah. I love that I'd love to go back but looking at that you made up for it you're, you've so much confidence into that TV yeah. like I, I, I've seen you before I've met you down in UCC uh, my little Jay my son who you met last day there was an event you were speaking there an event and I see how much the kids loved you on that day and you had That's so much fun show, with yeah. them and it was great. I thought, like, there's, there's not many people have that, what you have there. I didn't always have that, now, to be yeah. honest with you. I mean, that, that came with time, um, you know. Uh, and then the kids thing is, is really important because I love kids and I loved being a kid. And I always quote the sign that I saw once that said, don't grow up, it's a trap. And I believe that. I didn't like, I still to this day, I'm, I'm called a man child. Um, I think you see it more off screen then on, you're like, you're looking at me now and you know that I'm giddy and I can be and I'm a messer. These guys, you know, they're, they're still trying to get to work with Claire Byrne or anyone but me, Joe Duffy, anyone. Uh, but we have cracked getting there. And I think that's really important. I always wonder why people certainly sometimes hit an age 
uh, maybe 30 or something like that. And it's like they hand in the, 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 hand in the badge and gun and say, I'm 30 now. I must have no more fun. And you think, no, you can do both. So, you know, when you're interviewing Taoiseachs and, you know, heads of state and stuff like that, that's one face. But, you know, when you're doing the Thai show with children, yeah. do people get to see more of the real Ryan yes. when you're doing the Thai show than they do when you're interviewing me on Martin? You know, without question. Uh, that's changing a little bit now because I've become more relaxed in my skin about talking to people like the politicians, presidents, prime ministers, whatever it might be, your Taoiseach. Uh, because you're near their age now, you're just getting, I'm just getting old. Um, and but, with practice as well. And with practice and, and learn. Like I've, you know, I've been a ghastly broadcaster. I've made terrible mistakes. How and, did you get into it? Um, I got into it by, I wrote a letter to the Irish Times when I was 12. That's how obnoxious, uh, you know, how, how, you know, I'm just, I can't. But you have to seize your initiative. You have, but, you have to seize well, there your is, moment. It was, and it was a paper that was in my house every day and, and, um, uh, we were going to see a lot of films and then we ran out of films to go and see. And I wrote a letter to the paper that was published in on February the 20th, 1986. I was 12 and I was, I remember the date well because it changed my life. They published it. It was, the headline above it was Too Few Films for 12 Year Olds. And I was, Dear Sir, there aren't enough films. It's like I'm annoying myself even thinking about it. <laughs> uh, you're sincerely, you know, Ryan Tuberty. And that, that's in that, that, that's in the archive, like it's there. So it's, it's, it's not like a sort of apocryphal story. And a researcher from TV saw it from a sh sh kid's show called Anything Goes, was on a Saturday morning, saw it and said, you sound obnoxious, you're exactly what we want. Could you come in and review a couple of movies? And I did. And I sat in front of the camera as a 12 year old and thought, okay, I got paid 25 pounds and uh, which I bought books with. And I thought, this is a nice way to make it. <laughs> And then I heard kids on the radio once doing book reviews and I, I wrote into them again and said, you know, can I, can I do that? I'd love to do that. And I, I did that clip. Yeah, that, that, that was the, that was a different, that came later. Oh, so this that? was the radio. And then the clip you're talking about, they, I went back on TV and then I was in the wilderness here because my voice started to break. So I was unemployable because I just was talking like this, you know, going, this is the best book I've ever seen. They're going, what are you saying? John, what that's the equivalent of the boys on dance and their show. No, yeah. and that's pulled yeah. up. Yeah, well, before they were famous, they, 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 and they keep pulling. <laughs> you're so right. They, there's a video clip of me talking, and I've got this. Uh, what's his name? Um, Jason Donovan attempt of a of a hair of you know a hairstyle. It, I look monstrous. Like I, I'm appalled at myself. I, I still am appalled at myself regularly. Uh, things I do and, and decisions I make, and sometimes broadcasts I put out. But you just said a second ago, James. Like, and you're right. You've got to take a risk sometimes. And you're not going to, I mean, you guys know this more than anyone else, given your life stories. You're, you'll learn nothing by playing it safe. Um, and I don't want, I don't like boring. If you go through your life like that, towards the end, you look back and you just say like, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? And I suppose even when we did start this podcast, there was an awful lot of fear, you know, how we were going to be accepted by our communities, the public. But we knew it was the right thing to do at the time. We knew it was something that was... What was your, your yeah. heart, what you really wanted to do? And it was do. badly needed as well. It was the middle of COVID. It was, it was just during the lockdown that we started. But I think people are afraid of that initial feeling of fear. Yes. And I suppose if you jump into it and just feel it, you will keep growing and keep growing and, and keep growing. What we always say for people in recovery from addiction, right? Um giving up the drink and the drugs is part of the battle. It's a big part of it. But the good life won't, won't fall on your lap. You have to actually go out and you can have it. Yeah. But it won't be given to you. 
And I think you had that at an early age. You have to go and put yourself out there, go and try and seize the mo- the moment. And you know, when you were speaking, you reminded me of Mario Rosenstock we had here a few months ago. Yeah. He didn't quite know his place in the world, and then his um, teacher seen a bit of talent in him. Yeah. He went to drama school, and he flourished there. And he had that natural showmanship, you know. That's and it. But it's great to give children different experiences and let them find their niche. You know? Yeah, it's true. And and I would say the the only thing is, and I I did say to you at the beginning of the chat that you know I came from very privileged background, which I did. But it, I think it's important to say sometimes along the line that just because I I don't think pain knows a bank balance and I don't think pain knows a wallet uh, and I don't think pain knows um, necessarily the class system I think you can be deeply wounded and I think you can inflict deep wounds regardless of where you're from on the on the, oh, the system. is that fair yeah, to say 100%. And, and that's not to take away from people who are in poverty mm. who are going through the horrors yeah. um, and it really isn't but, but what I am saying is that um, there shouldn't be an assumption that just because you've come from one thing means that you've had an unfettered you know, life with, with like a pain-free zone like Pollyanna. That's not the case. That's not the case at all. Um, and I think that's, that's what it is. We are, we are as human beings, uh, complicated novels, I always say, um, full of these wonderful chapters. And some are very painful to read and some are a joy. You know, and that's a bit of a cliche. But I, I do think it's, it's, uh, it's real. But in terms of the, the beginnings, I think the cruelty of it in terms of society is that some people uh, don't get a, fre- a fair start. Um, and that's that's the nasty part. There's not much you can do about that. Yeah, I was talking to someone recently and <clears throat> I was just saying the difference is with everybody that some people might be born into the wrong environment, the wrong family. You know, where two miles down the road you might be born into a family where they're very comfortable and loving and there's two parents who love each other and there's no violence up the road two miles away a child might be born into a family where there's a lot of violence poverty drug addiction alcoholism and that child is growing up then looking at the parents being their role model you know and that's what we always try to explain here is is that nobody ever wakes up and decides one day that they're going to go to prison, be homeless, um, become a drug addict, an alcoholic, or violent. These are things and experiences that they go through in their life. Young kids, you know, and they're traumatized at really young ages. There's a lot of abuse. And they go on with the mentality because they have these belief systems that this is how you behave if they're looking at their father being very violent to their mother. You it's, know? It's, it's cyclical and it's so hard to try and break that that's why your podcast is so important because you're discussing it you're you're um i'm, I'm going to gender this up a bit you're men talking about something that a lot of men don't talk about and i think that's revolutionary um and you know i mentioned to you before in passing off air about tig lane and the, and the places they have in Greystones and for men and for women um and i meet people there who have been through the prison system who come out the other side and I often try and do this, and if it, it could be somebody homeless on Baggett Street or wherever it might be, is you know look in at the face and try and, in a science fiction way, make them seven. Yeah. If whether you know or an addict or something, make them seven in your face in your mind, and then it gets really sad because that seven-year-old is your brother, it's your sister, it's your niece, it's your mm. nephew, and everyone in a in a 
box or a sleeping bag on the street should be your seven-year-old relation. Mm. And that would change things. Yeah. The idea of Ireland as a, as a meritocracy is easier to understand. The idea that if you're smart enough and you work hard enough, you'll achieve. But if it doesn't matter how smart you are or how hard you work, if you have addiction in the home or poverty and the other person doesn't, they're going to achieve more. Well, that's it. But you had privilege, like you said, but you still seized your moment yeah. and you still, you, you, you didn't waste it. I also came, like I had two parents who gave a damn about other people. And I think that was very helpful. Yeah. Um, my late dad and my mom would be very good at saying, you know, that's, you know, that's not right. You know, there was a good sense of fairness uh, to an extent, justice. But just, uh, you know, as you as you were talking, I was just thinking of it's uh, a woman I met on the street not too, not too long ago. And if you get talking, it's funny for me, <laughs> homeless people, and I'm just, I'm having a, a, a tiny bit of fun and I hope they'll understand what I mean, but they'll be sitting on the street with the cup or whatever and they'll see Evan passing by and then I'll pass by and about three or four steps from behind, they go, come on, company, give us some money. And they go, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I said, geez, God bless your eyesight, because I didn't even see me. And I'm me. And and often I go back, right? I, if I haven't passed, sometimes I pass, sometimes I don't. And I was talking to this woman. And from I, it's a bit like a thing I've learned from the toy show is with kids, you go, you you, you get down and you yeah. talk to them through their eyes. You don't, you ne- I never talk to the kid like I'm yeah. just looking at that bottle in my hand. Um, and if you're talking to somebody homeless, you, you, you know, you, you get down your hunkers and you say, how are you and why are you here? Like these are the, the questions I would ask. Anyway, this particular woman, she said about two years ago and I said, so why are you here? She said, well, I want to, um, I, got, I got caught. I got stuck and got caught between stools and life just didn't work out as I as was home. What do you want to be? I asked her, which was kind of a strange question. I don't know why I asked it. Kind of a, who do you think you are to ask that? But I asked her, what would you love to have been? What do you want? She goes, oh no, I still know what I want to be. I said, what is it? I, she said, I want to be an interior designer. I said, amazing. So where do you live? I live in a tent by the canal. I thought, that's ambition. Like That's a dream. And I don't know whether she pursued it. That was a few years ago. But I loved that she was sitting there, you know, in the, kind of in the horrors. Anyone sitting on the street isn't going through a good time. Uh, and I met another woman just a few weeks ago now because it was times were, were better. There were more people on the street. And I, and I, I was chatting down my hunkers to have a chat with her. I said, why are you here? And she had quite a well-to-do accent. And she said, oh, I don't want to be here. I said, okay, well, no one wants to be here. She said, I was working in a hairdresser um, in Dublin, South Dublin, and um, lost my job. Parents died one after the other quite soon. Couldn't take it. Um, she said, and and uh, she started to cry as I, because I said, what about your friends or family? And she said, I've couch surfed every couch I've known. And she said, now I'm here. Um, and she said, I'm just dreading the moment I see somebody who knows me. The, the indignity of it, do you know I what know. I mean? And, it, and these are stories of all the people that are, you know, dotted around the place. I don't know what the answer to that you know is. No, that interior designer lady. Yeah. Think of it now like this, right? You met Timmy 10 years ago and he's, after being arrested in town for a robbery, beaten by the police, whatever, altercation. And then, and then Timmy's on the Late Late Show 10 years later where he's, you know, a big podcast and, you know, a family, two businesses. Or me, if I was interviewing a struggle user homeless to be on your TV show, to be interviewing yeah, you like, on I like pod- this. All you need is a bit of a break and yeah. somebody to believe in you. That's it. Because we've a great country for opportunity as bad as it is. 
and I said this on the show with you, like when like when you get yourself together, when you get that break, yeah. services will rally around you, if, even if you don't have family. Do you know, there's a bit of an education system there that we can get educated. There's a lot of work in Ireland at the moment as well. So what do you say? What do you say? And I'm getting into slightly interview more. Mm. But you, te- you told me before this interview that a lot of people watching are in prison, a lot of people watching are in trouble, if you like. There's uh, hope. But there's, there's hope. There's hope. So what do you say to the guy or the girl, the girls watching it going, look, I like you lads, but you know, you're talking through your hat. I don't believe you. I don't believe there's any hope actually. Mm. I've been through this. I've been through that. I think the system's stacked against me. I said, you're talking to Mr. Privilege and on your, on your two, uh, Nari's podcast today. You know, what does he know about any of this? What does he know about what you're talking about? You know, some people are really angry yeah. about the system. Some people are really bitter about the lack of opportunity. Which you, I totally understand that. Incidentally, it's not that I, I, I don't know why. I, I do. was very bitter about the whole system. Where you and were, I was feeling sorry. So what got you? What, I, what pulled you the hell out? Because of you know, when you're feeling bitter and you're pointing out and you're blaming your mum, yeah, your dad, yeah, yeah. Michal Martin, Jerry <laughs> Adams, everybody, <laughs> yeah. the teacher, the youth worker, yeah. the city council, you're blaming, but they're all getting on with their lives. And where are you? In prison, homeless, and drugs. Yes. It, it wasn't until I really started. You know what? I need to stop pointing fingers out and look here. That's a big and, and take take a bit of responsibility because doesn't the world didn't owe me a thing. Yeah. And I needed to drag myself out. And I needed to figure out what do I want in my life because nobody's gonna rescue me. I have to rescue myself. I got a lot of help. Did you but did did talking you help? To, talking to people to what therapists or people and friends or how the therapy was instrumental. So that's the I think that's the biggest thing. Because you get personal development it gives you an awareness around understanding that you're not a bad person you might have done bad things but there's a context that lets you understand it and you think like all right that's after influence in that part of my life so maybe i can move past that now i'm not a scumbag or a junkie or all these labels that people have given me i understand that now i move on and then it, one of the key things me a therapist said to me says give me one good reason why you can't go to ucc or give me one good reason why you can't drive a car or have a job and i hadn't got one there's just no logical yeah. why can't i but I had these beliefs that I couldn't do any of that. Yeah. But was somebody made me aware of it then? It's like, fucking, why can't I? Yeah. And that's what we tried to do because we're not special. Like, like we're all regular people here. We had the T-shirt here and, you know, regular guy, you know, from in the state over the road, but doing good things with their lives, but just, yeah. you know, seizing the initiative and, you know, just having a bit of ambition like that lady in the tent. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I'd love if she was on in five, ten years time saying, yeah. do you remember you met me? I'm in like, our studio. Well, I like that. You don't need to go studio here, in RT uh, studios. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah. But I, like, I, met a, I met a young lad in a, in a, sh- a clothes shop the other day, and uh, he said to me, uh, "I could see." I he's, I don't know what the conversation was, and and I say this sometimes when I meet young people who are, say, they say like, I'm, I'm, "I want to be a writer." This guy said, "I want to be an actor." I said, "I was going to see a film for work." Uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning and I said oh, I'm just I don't really have time to get involved in a bit I, I'm one of those shoppers I just go in one two three fine get out I don't like to be there for you know yeah. Yeah. puffing and preening for, for two hours anyway he w- it was going to take a bit of time so I said I'm, I'm out of here and he said oh, what movie are you going to see oh, it's, it's a movie starring and he said oh great he said hey, you know I think uh there's all sorts of such a directors in town at the moment I'd love to meet him because I said is that what you want to do direct he said no no in front of camera I want to be a star as he said, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen. Anyway, I left him by saying, nice to meet you. Shook his hand and said, here's to seeing you in five years time on the, on the, on the Late Late Show, telling me about your, your next movie project and me being the little guy, you being the big guy and, here, and good luck with that. I love that idea yeah. of leaving somebody like the, the woman on, with, the, yeah. with the idea of the, uh, 
interior design, design and right. like the guy who wants to be a, to, there has to be ambition that's I'm, I'm telling it the guys that you're telling me and the, and the women who, who watch this who think there's nothing I mean I've seen the, the guys and, and the women in, in Tiglin I've met you guys uh, I've seen people hit rock bottom there has to be that sense of the, the reason that they believe is there's nothing is because they'll probably have to go on through the whole system already and every time they come out of prison or rehab or whatever the service that that they need to help them on their path is not there, you know. And when you do it so many different times, like they become, they start to think that there's no hope. There yeah. And and they just start getting used to, it and they get angry, and you know, and they start hating the system and every everybody belong to it. But what we do is, like, I tell people my story. I tell people where I came from if I feel the need. It, that it might help them and I tell them how bad it was you know I don't go into too much detail about everything but tell them how bad it was I tell them how, how it was growing up for me you know growing up w- with my mother and my younger brothers and stuff you know and something just goes off in their head and that's the importance of, of AANA all these different organisations because all these organisations when you walk in the door and it's very important that we are here on other podcasts like this that we're actually openly speaking about these these issues that we have in society, particularly around drug addiction, alcoholism at the moment. The big thing at the moment for people wanting to turn their lives around is housing. Mm. Yeah. Because like if you don't know where you're going to be sleeping, it's very hard to go to education and employment and stuff like that. That brings us into the political side of the conversation. Yeah. Bit of a finna file on you, wouldn't it? Well, listen, I was waiting for it. I was waiting <laughs> for that shot to be fired and here it is. Straight <laughs> through the heart. Straight in, no kissing, right? Well, I tell you one thing, right? <laughs> this is new for me now. <laughs> when we started, when we started, like, like, there's an old Fina in you, like, like, like I'm, like I'm Voldemort. So I remember the mafia. It was a good uh, segue, wasn't it? It wasn't bad. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying yeah, to see how he caught me out there, like, and he came straight in with the dagger. Huh? And that you was... were like going down a really emotionally in yeah. charge yeah. mode. Yeah, and he stole my, he stole Bomber my. Bomber Harris in the corner yeah. was going. I was trying to bring in the, the, the politics. Yes, I know stuff, what you're going to say. Because it's related to that. Yeah. yeah. But like when, when we started this podcast, I was a member of Sinn Féin. Yeah. And I didn't renew my membership because to be in the media, I think you have to have yeah, ob- you, you objectivity. Have no, you're Is right. that why you... Yeah, I, I don't have politics. Like, you can't. But if you're asking me to... Yeah, I come from a very political family and it's all Fianna Fáil. Like, there's no doubt about it. Um, my, my grandfather was a guy called Todd Andrews. And he was a shooter in the war of independence, civil war, uh, anti-treaty, uh, big friend of Dev's, uh, didn't run for politics. Dev turned around to him and said, would you uh, f- look after uh, Borden Mona, which he f- helped found, and um, CIE and all these other things. So he was like a head honcho, civil servant, mm-hmm. gun for hire. He was a, a no bullshit kind of guy who was a tough dub from Summerhill, like a real head. Yeah. My nan is from Summerhill. Is she? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So, the tenement flats there. So that, that's it. So she, he was he was a real um, boyo, and uh, I think Dev loved him for that because he just didn't take any mm. messing, yeah. and the book stopped with him. Uh, yeah. I like quite like that. Yeah. There's some great photos of him, and he looked like, Jesus, a scary, scary man. Yeah. Long face, big ears, the gene travels. But uh, <laughs> but but I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. harsh yourself. <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, thank God. And then we got cameras. I thought this was going to be a nice radio interview. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. So then... Um, when you've seen a career in broadcasting, then you had to kind of move away from the political Yeah, politics. I mean, look, the, the fact is then his... his, uh, his my uncle, David Andrews, was uh, 
at, at Minister for Foreign Affairs and during the peace process and stuff like that. And his brother, my other uncle, was an MEP uh, for Fianna Fáil. And my cousin Barry is a Fianna Fáil TD. Or sorry, he's a Fianna Fáil MEP. Uh, another cousin is a Sinn Féin uh, TD, Chris Sanders. And um, oh, yeah, so, so, you know, there's a lot of uh, politics in the family, no doubt about it. And I am a political, um, I was going to say junkie, but we can't say that, no. uh, but political yeah, uh, anorak. Yeah. Does politics take over your I just fascinated by Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Politics. I, 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 so when you say if you're all together or all the family, does it? Does the politics just take over completely? I'm very close to my brothers and sisters. And uh, so we would meet for a few pints pretty much once a week. And not much, just a few to say, what are you reading? Where are you going? And But politics will always come into it. Yeah, we, we, we feast on it. And it could be British politics. Like it could be American politics, but Irish politics, of course, because I think that I'm not cynical necessarily about public service. I think... Uh, public service is if in the right hand is really important if you if you mean it. You need somebody to do the job. And yeah. the problem is no, they can't get people to go into the city councils and start out a political career because it's a difficult road. It's a difficult road, and and uh, anti-social media is uh, the kiss of death for a lot of these uh, people who might be good candidates but just don't want the grief. Um, although I always say about being online is the great thing about being online is you can go offline, so you don't have to be necessarily there. But yeah, politics is there, and I think that once upon a time. You know, I think it, it's it's just intriguing that you know your your old party Sinn Fein are are lining up for uh, possible uh, power, and um, it'll be very interesting um, to see if they can do fix what what is the big problem. If you don't have housing, you know, and it's there. There seem to be pressing a lot of buttons for young people, and um, the polls are suggesting and, that. And I think um, I think that that's where the opposition parties kind of fall down. Just because you want to vote for Sinn Féin doesn't mean that you have sympathies with the IRA because the younger voters, they, they, that's they're, not, they, they're not relating the two. No, not, you're right. They're, you're not, right, you're they're, right. they're relating the housing, the cost of living and all these things. Well, you know, if the left got their, their, their act know, together, know. and I'm talking about people before profit Social and labour, you know, they, and, and then, with, you know, and, and became, say, le- more friendly with Sinn Féin, that's quite a, that's a colossal uh, alliance. Yeah. 
But like they are, the joke says, the first item of the agenda is the breakup. Yeah. So it's going to be hard for them to do that, I think. But it, it's not boring, that's for sure. Have you ever been starstruck by a guest you yes. interviewed? Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Um, I tried to, I, I did, I was kind of interviewing him, but I, I, my nerves were gone. It's uh, Paul McCartney from the Beatles. I got to meet him before a show once. And I was like a five-year-old meeting Santa in Lapland. Um, I, I, no, honestly, I, I started patting him on the side of his shoulder. And I was a grown man. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> allegedly. Uh, and he was going, hello, you know, Paul McCartney. You know? And I was saying, hello. And it was before a gig. And, and he was going, what are you doing? I said, I'm just, thank you for the music. I was like, I was just quoting ABBA. I was, <laughs> and I was hitting him on the show. And I think his people were saying, this poor kid, uh, and I was probably about 32, uh, this poor kid is... Um, He's not well. He's just, he's kind of just patting him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, can we have a photograph? And he kind of looked at me and said, I don't do photos. I said, we're having a photograph. And now he definitely thought I wasn't well. Yeah. And I said, a friend of mine had a camera. I said, take a picture. And he said, I don't think so. And as he was saying, I don't think so. Right. Uh, your man goes, Kish, takes the picture. So the photo I have of me and Paul McCartney, my all time music hero, up, yeah. is him going, fuck, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> and we go, but wait, Paul. And uh, I've got chicken in my teeth because I had a stupid sandwich before. I'm wearing a shirt that it was it was impossible to describe. It's so disgusting. My hair is outrageous. It's like uh, it's like a like a like a an unemployable wrestler in the 1980s. <laughs> and um, and I looked like and so the one photo I have with 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 my hero is him saying basically get out of my sight. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was starstruck and yeah. I made a balls of it. <laughs> I would have probably, I, I, I would have told him where to go, probably. I'd say. If it was me. Yeah. Oh, I did it again yeah, in, in yeah, uh, New York one yeah. day. I was walking down the street and uh, one of my other, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of my other musical uh, icons is Tony Bennett, you know, the crooner. Yeah. And, uh, and I'd been to see him a few times in Ireland and uh, he's walking. I was on the phone to a friend of mine and I said, uh, Noel, I've got to go. Uh, Tony Bennett's just walked past. And listen, I was in Westlife recently. I, I, and I was walking down with my mother and my two sisters, and I was walking through the, down the road. The people came at me for a selfie. Now I'm not trying to, you know, lads, no, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the name of it. The, yeah, yeah, you know, in Ireland, yeah. it's very easy to be well known. Yeah, so it's not a big, yeah. it's not a big boast. But they were like, oh, and it went on and on and on. And it was gas. It was relentless. It was gas. It was weird and it was intense. Fine. My point is this. I have no right to criticize after what I did to Tony Bennett. So Tony Bennett's walking down the street. <laughs> <laughs> He's walking down. And uh, I said to my friend, I gotta, gotta go, Tony Bennett's here. And I, I turned around to Tony Bennett's phone. I said, Mr. Bennett. He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, no, no, hang on. Whoa, whoa Mr. Bennett, um, yeah, um, I, I, I'm such a fan of your music. And he said, thanks, thanks. And he just kept going. I said, we got to have a selfie. I don't think so. I said, no, I think we're going to. So I turned into the stalker weirdo, <laughs> put my arm around this poor old man, grabbed him into me, selfie the shit out of it. He didn't know where he was going. And, and I released him into the wild. And I saw the photo. The photo was great. He looks really happy. Uh, he's, he's obviously dazed and confused. Oh, he's just God. basically mugged Tony Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> it was a shakedown. The poor man. And he's going, <laughs> go, go, get your milk. Yeah. Jeez. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're um, one of the most famous people in Ireland. Disgraceful. Yeah. All right. You're one of the most famous people in Ireland. Weirdly. You're, you're very recognizable because you've got you know, the late and stuff like that. Do you ever get negative attention going down the street? Yes. What's it like? Not nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's generally always really nice, but you could be walking past a pub, 
and you could be shouted, shout how rude, how rude can I be? As much as you like. <laughs> how, 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 how profane yeah. can I be? Uh. No, but it's not nice uh, sometimes. And it did, it, you know, the odd time, you know, I wouldn't mind. Sometimes it's a guy and his girlfriend and the guy will say, nobody yet. And if like, you know, he'd throw the C word out at you across the street and you're just uh, going, How would you deal with that then? Uh, did, did, I, would you be somebody that would go like into it, yourself? Or would you... Oh, I'm actually what a I'm pity. Actually a I just think it's a pity. I think it's a yeah. pity. Uh, yeah, uh, it it's strange. I think it's a pity. That's what I say. And if I'm with, normally with my brother, thank God. If I was with my daughters, I that's a different story. Just, that's yeah. embarrassing and yeah, it's not nice. But um where was it the other night? And the man shouted that and I thought that's a pity. And I was going into a pub and a guy and his girlfriend, the girlfriend just said, Fuck off. And I said, Well and I said, Why did you why would you say that? She said, say what? I said, did you not just... She goes, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, oh, here, listen, I'll leave you alone. Yeah. You know, it's strange. But they're, they're very much the exceptions. Sometimes when you feed it like, like that, yeah, it, it gets can worse. just get no, drawn. I should have just kept going. Yeah. And people could be just waiting for you to respond before oh, it gets out of hand I think well. that's the case. But like, it's so unusual that, that I can actually tell you the words. Mm. That, that's the good thing about it. I think if I was online, if it was on Twitter... I, I'd have a different story for you, but I'm not on Twitter. So That's no what problem. I was going to say there. I was we were speaking beforehand, Ryan, about um, we were talking about uh, what people's perception of you are. When they're how do you get on a tour? Most people think I'm a. And we were saying he's fucking. We no. said he's absolutely he's sound. Do you yeah, know nice what kind you. of fellow is he? And I said, do you know he's a genuine nice guy. You met me, my family. We're very honest. Yeah. Joe, yeah. We're, we're honest about. And I said he's a very very nice guy. Ah, really? I said yeah. Genuine, he's a nice guy, and I said, to me, to, and my next question was, what James asked you, how do you deal with people like, because we, as you can imagine, we've we've I've gotten some shit because yeah, of my own imagine. actions yeah. in the past. Yeah, I can imagine. Do you know when I was using alcohol and drugs, and you know some people are still stuck there, and and when that stuff comes up to me, I really it kind of hits me and it hurts me because yes. it. it this person is back then, ten years ago, twelve years yeah. ago, and I'm here. Like it, it's completely. It's like two different human beings, you know? What age are you now? I'm, I'm 41. 36. 36, 49, right? So I, I think at about 43, I just decided that's enough. Yeah. About caring about the bad stuff. Yeah. And it was, I think about that age. And I just went, yeah, I'm, I'm good to go now. I'm, I'm good to go with, you know, that's water and ducks back. I because, you know, for every negative comment, there's... A thousand, uh, yeah. at least, at and, least, and they're the ones to focus and on. And you always bring home the, yeah. the, 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 the you bring home the awful comment. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a human condition. But you know, even the people on Twitter that don't like you, I think everybody gives you credit for the late late show. So we'll hold on to that. Well, even, yeah, even, I tell yeah, I you get a, you get a lot of credit for the late, late show. You're great, with especially the, kids. the toy show. Well, yeah. The toy show, oh, the, toy show the, the toy show, the toy show. I meant to say, yeah. See, see, you had to correct him. That is, you, <laughs> you got, people get credit for late late show. I'm going. I'm I remember. You definitely met the toy show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know why? the presenter of the Late Late Show for a night. Oh, Do you know why I didn't get really, really stressed up there, right? Uh, the Late Late Show was... This is... I was only thinking back. you saw me dressed as a lobster, probably. <laughs> Jesus. Well, that too. <laughs> that but it's because I had my little 10-year-old uh, oh, yeah. behind me chasing me around the studio every minute he could get to tell me to ask... Make sure you ask him, can I go on this high show? Oh, yeah, 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 oh, that's it. Uh, that's and it. I said, I said, all right, all right. So, and I, I think I pulled uh, your producer afterwards and I said, do me a favour, please. See that little fellow over there hiding behind the chair looking at us? Because he, he was actually well, high. This, this, is, this is the weirdest yeah, part yeah. of the job is that 
you could talk to somebody about you know all oh, right so your 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 dog was you know thrown off a cliff and you know a rock fell on his head and oh god and you're really upset yeah 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 and the person goes, yeah and then the dog and the, and the cliff and the poison and i said oh well, look thanks for being here i'm so sorry about your dog that's okay can i have two tickets for the picture <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're kidding you just told me about your dead dog and the brick and the poison and the urine and your poor thing and, and my brother actually when my dad died um, some years ago, my brother works in a hospital in Dublin, and and he got a he got a, an A4 envelope in the post with a with a note, and he was he was able to shake the envelope. That's strange. And the note said, uh, "Dear Neil, I haven't heard talked to you for a long time. Sorry to hear about your father. Um, he was a great man, and I hope you're doing okay. Please find enclosed a CD. Would you please pass it on to your brother Ryan, and hope that he might find some room for it on the late late show." Jeez. And I thought that's a like that's that's what Jesus, it is. That's yeah, and with the name like Tuberty, yeah. like God help my family, like because yeah, you know you can't get away with. It. There's nowhere to hide. You just have to switch off. The Thai shows the Irish version of Willy Wonka's Golden Ticket. Yeah, it is. It is. It is, and it is the dream job. Like I, I thoroughly enjoy. The kids watching the kids, and they're absolutely tremendous and young adam king from this part of the world you know he's he's and i've stayed in touch with a lot of the kids and it's really lovely but he the um the the reaction the funny thing about being the presenter of the toy show whatever about the late late show which yeah by implication you're saying is only okay um (laughs) it's been it's a great scene of that (laughs) <laughs> that's where you get your that's where you get your critics but even your no, critics I, I think give you I know you're bulletproof on, from yeah. one I don't I appreciate that well, and, yeah, and yeah. it's true and it's true he says with no humility but I think on this one we're okay but yeah. uh, the, the, the toy show what's gas about it is that it's one thing being well known in Ireland uh, if I was you know a singer or something that's fine but the kids wouldn't really know who you are necessarily when you do the toy show everyone knows who you are mm. so you could be in Smith's toy shop and it's the weirdest reaction. It's actually the nicest reaction. I know my girls are too old for that now, but when I used to be in the toy shop and you'd see a little kid, it's like something of an ad walking along and the parents have just gone ahead and the kid turns around and sees me and the jaw drops mm-hmm. um, and the kid's kind of like, like almost going, trying to find the parents behind the guy. And I'm going, I see the kid and I, you know, nod and, or, you know, get a little wink uh, and keep going, you know. And uh, and then I hear in the next aisle, you know, the kid going, it was Ryan Dobry. It was, and they're going, shush, it wasn't. Stop it. It wasn't. And, you know, I like that sense of wonder uh, that, that that you get from the kids when they just go. What is it about the, the, the toy show, though? Like, what's, where does the magic come I'll, from? I'll or? tell you what it is. It's, it's a number of things. Um, I, as I say, I, I think I relate to kids quite well, which is great because, um, I, well, I had, they had to. They're, they're adults now, essentially. But but um, and I loved being a kid. I loved everything associated with childhood. I still do in terms of food, sweets. Like I've got a terrible. Like I've got the. Like I'm looking for the children's menu in a restaurant. Like it's mortifying. <laughs> I can't. Eat, no, it's desperate. I'm like, like oh yeah. I said, do you have jambu sausage? Uh, hey, beans? Because uh, I'm just not interested in any other stuff. But uh, the. Uh, Oh gosh, I lost my train of thought there. No, look, like, oh what, yeah, so what so, is it about so, the, the toy show? Yeah, like no, it's, it's just the. Or you'll get all these references. I channel Buddy the Elf, Will Ferrell. I channel Kermit the Frog. I channel Basil Fawlty, and uh, Willy Wonka. Obviously, Gene Wilder. And with all of those people, there is manic. There is crazy. There is unpredictable. There's justice. Yeah, and there's kindness. And I think they're the great qualities you can have, but none of them are serious. There's and, no shame there, basically. No. <laughs> they will just do whatever they no want shame. to do. Like, no so shame. I, I put all of those into my system yeah. Yeah. On, the, on the day. 
And, you know, I wake up the morning at the toy shop. I swear to God, if you can Im- imagine how, I hope happy most people listening and watching were at some point in their lives at the age of between four and nine on Christmas morning. That's what's in my heart on the toy show day. And it just beams out of every pore. And I'm just going, bring the joy, like bring the kindness. And it just feels good. It's feel good. It's amazing. It's a real yeah. institution, isn't it? Well, I'd I am institutionalized. I'd say it's the biggest TV show in Ireland. Is it, it is, it yeah. the most numbers? Most watched, yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, 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 uh, it's a huge achievement. It's an army of people. Put it together. It's actually, it's it's actually, it's it's like it's a culture here. When the toy oh, shows on, oh. the whole family comes together under the PJs. The popcorn comes out. The goodies. This thing. And yeah. that's it, if like, you're talking to say there was a, there was a, a, a person from Spain there, yeah. and and she's going, I don't understand. Yeah. And then somebody goes, Oh, you know the toy. Sh-. So this man, they point at me yeah. if I'm in the company. So this man uh, goes out and plays with toys and hangs out with kids for the night for two hours, maybe three hours, yeah. and we all watch it. And actually. What? He does what? And I'm looking, I'm starting to go red. I'm embarrassed. No, no, it's much more complicated than that. It's the cultural <laughs> phenomenon. It's been known for years. And, you know, it's, it's in other words, what I'm trying to say is yeah. it's utterly inexplicable to somebody who isn't Irish. It is a, It is like the Kimberly Mikado of television. It is, yeah. I have a good question is. related to the toys, toy show. It's just related to the time. This is just me. Because the amount of times I fell asleep watching it halfway through. <laughs> that's, is no, there any way? No, in is fairness, that's very mean. Pat Kenny was uh, a good guy. Was it? Could, it, could it not be on earlier? Uh, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah. No, no, no. And I'm not ha- gonna, does it no, have to be that time I'm every not, every single year? I am year. not dancing around the issue here, right? Come on, this no, is give not us, going to change. On. No, no, you're nice guys, not. Yeah. But to tell with you, uh, yeah. it's half now. I'm not going to change it just yeah. because you guys are sitting here looking yeah. at me. Okay. A lot of people watch it the next day. Again, like the ratings are actually higher the next day. No, the ratings are fine. We don't need your stupid suggestion. And in honor of that stupid question, I'm going to get, I feel naked without tattoos. I'm going to get a big tattoo of Kermit the Frog. (laughs) (laughs) I should Uh, love that uh, if I had that tattoo. You know, for the children to be low, stay up late, adds to the the whole mystery of it. And they watch it the next day. And if you want, I'll send you DVDs. Yeah, do, please. Yeah. You know, I don't want to to keep you up late. I mean, you know, it's a long night, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, yeah. There's still no oh. RT player on Timmy's gas. Oh. oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Well, look at... Years I mean, ago, when I was drinking, oh, I'd probably still be up the next morning. Well, I have no issues. That's like, another story, yeah, and that's yeah. your problem. And you're, <laughs> thankfully, you've got over it. Yeah. <laughs> Can you give me your top three interviews of your career? Um, Probably not, but... Uh, and I don't mean that rudely. It's yeah. just that they're so it's so hard to whittle them down. There, there's just been countless of thousands. What, what stands out top of the head? Somebody like Joanna Reardon, I always have great time for um, because, just because. Do I need yeah, to say any more? Yeah. She's a remarkable human yeah. being. Um, I think that somebody like her, I often think, how are you such fun? Like, how do you have devilment in your eye? And how are you doing it? Because I would be the very opposite if that happened to me. I'd be just, oh, did you see what happened to me? I was born with this and I can't believe it. And why did I get these back to the lottery numbers? You know, and I don't know how she does it. Yeah. So I would I would yeah. rate her very, very highly. Mm. Um, on the other end of, of the political spectrum, I, I interviewed Hillary Clinton and I found her to be fascinating because she just lost the election to the orange guy. And she was <laughs> she was saying, I was looking at her going, wow, imagine losing an election. Everyone, 98% of people thought you were going to win this thing and, you, and you're smart. And, and we had this conversation. It was really interesting before the interview, as much as during and after it, I walked away going, we got on quite well if it's not too big a thing to say. But um, I walked away thinking, she should have run as that interviewee. Mm-hmm. 
because she's she was warm, she was funny, yeah, she was interesting, she was intellectual, well. and she comes across great. Talked about her grandkids, and she was nice. Reminded me of like my you know my mother or yeah. you know or an aunt or something. But what came, what ran for office was Hillary Clinton, you mm. know, and it was just a different thing. Yeah. Whereas if this woman was so charming and oh god, the whole world would be just so different. So it was kind of a fascinating and yet soul destroying interview. Did you ever get the opportunity to meet Trump? Never met Trump. Never met Trump. No, I met I met Clinton and Obama. And what about Biden? Is he on the way? Biden, I met once. Is he on is the he way? Come oh, Biden anything? will be here. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's. Uh, well, that's the way you asked him. Um, uh, that's I the cock language. See, no, I know, yeah. but he's ageist as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is this. I've noticed yeah. about him. This is his barbs. Uh, yeah. um, but he's, he's as Irish as they come. Like, well, as well he's, he's actually probably probably arguably more Irish than Kennedy. Actually, in some ways, but he's a very nice man. I met him once, very briefly, with my sister. And uh, he came again. He's got very white teeth. Like he kind of he opens his mouth. You're like my eyes. And uh, he said, "No, but that really." I wonder, did he go to Turkey for them? <laughs> <laughs> the land of opportunity. Uh, but uh, yeah, he probably did. Yeah. Um, so I have. <laughs> I said, Turkish teeth. Um, I uh, somebody said uh, this is uh, President Biden, and I, as if you know, you know oh, uh, I said nice to meet you, and I, I didn't have much to say to him other than this is my sister. And he said, turned to me, and he said, ah, now we have something in common. I said, what's that? He said, we both have sisters who are better looking than us. I went, yeah, okay, that's that's not a bad line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was it was funny, it was charming, yeah, it was yeah. nice. Um, uh, the, the brief bit I met Obama, very serious, and Clinton was dazzling. Well, Obama comes across as very charismatic. And yeah, I thought Clinton was a lot more charismatic. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think Obama certainly is, but colder. Mm. 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 What are you doing in Cork? Well, we are here to... Uh, visit, we're trying to visit a few different places that have uh, benefited from the toy show appeal. So in the last oh, two okay. toy shows, the Irish people have raised about six and a half million per show over two hours so unbelievable for all the we're goof, a great nation for giving up we, we are amazing yeah. when when we're called upon like that i mean during the pandemic week in week out they were given millions it was just knockout um so with the toy show appeal because every county in ireland has benefited from it children in every county in ireland i can imagine it's just yeah, it's a beautiful thing yeah. so uh, anytime we go on the move like i get restless in dublin i think it's too it's too much of a bubble i want to get out of there so um we said we'll come to Cork. Let's find out. Let's find one of the charities and see. And it was dogs for the disabled. So these, uh, they got seventy grand, and they train puppies, and they give them to families who with kids with uh, dyspraxia, for example, they can't really walk properly. Yeah. So this woman is telling me that her son um, can now lean against the dog and has become they've become so close that she doesn't need to hold his hand anymore. And you know, it, it's amazing, meaningful. Yeah. You know, it's meaningful. So what I want to do is to tell people. Uh, I'm not here to plug anything, by the way, you know that. Um, but um, you ask why I'm in Cork, it's that. But it allows me to go on my own radio show and say, by the way, you all donated millions. I can tell you, I've looked in the whites of the eyes of a dog and, you know, owners and trainers so, and tell you, your money has been, has found, like your money's making a difference. And everywhere we go, we found it in Galway as well. It was a bar a Barbaro and they do interpretive dance. I was going, well, how much are you giving to interpretive dance? Like, how does that work? Because I always thought it was like basically Kate Bush running up that hill and I wasn't really buying it. And, and then um, uh, we went down and they showed us what it was doing. I went to a school in Inchicore in Dublin and they showed these six kids, non-verbal, uh, sitting in a semicircle. And out comes what I was laughing at is running up that hill and being all cynical. And the more she danced, the more the kids were mesmerized. 
And then she started pulling out these handkerchiefs and the kids were responding to the touch of the handkerchiefs. And there was a guy with a violin and they were listening to the music. And within 10 minutes, they were dancing and more importantly, smiling all because of this wizardry mm. that comes from dance and music and movement. They got heaps of money because they're going to try and put that into schools all over the country for kids who can't speak and who are unhappy within, not that these kids were unhappy, but to bring a happiness that they just couldn't find before. So can, that, I, th I find that, that's that blows so my mind. Warming it's so warming to know that oh, you're a part of that as well. Just, I, that's the, I don't take the credit for it, but I, what I do love is that Irish people who dug into their pocket for a fiver or a tenner or more or less knows that yet yeah, made a difference. I love do you know that. what? Irish people are some of the biggest givers financially. I think it comes from the family. Do you know, yeah. I think yeah. we, we're mostly yeah, like we're that. We know it's like uh, they have nothing and they, and they need something. And I think we we give what we can when we can. In in in, in the famine in the 1840s, we saw it. We had a million people crawling around this country on the ground, eating grass, sometimes eating each other. Like it was the worst of the worst. It was the darkest time in our in our people's history. So so dark, actually. I would argue we're still traumatized by it, yeah. generationally, intergenerationally. I don't think we've really had the, the big conversation. Yes, we commemorate and we do things. I think there's more quest there are more questions than answers. And there are plenty of books written and all. It's not an anti-British thing, but we do need to have a conversation to an extent to for our generation to talk about it and our kids' generation. Yeah. So if a million people died of starvation on a, on a, on a, in a country the size of a, essentially a, a bar mat, um, uh, you know, what, what class of impact is that going to have on you? So that, back to your point about the charity, I think it comes from we know what national trauma and pain feels like. And that's why we were responding as we did to Ethiopia in the 80s, Somalia in the 90s. I think we have this innate need to give. You know, a couple of years ago, speaking of, you know, giving and famine and stuff like that, you know, during the famine. And you'll know the story. The Choctaw Indian tribe gave a few thousand to the Irish, and they didn't have it themselves, but they gave it. A couple of years ago, they were fundraising in America, this small tribe, and they were getting huge donations in from Ireland. And they were like, a story for all the Irish people donating in. And they did a bit of an invest. It was on Nationwide. They didn't realise the history. And, and the Irish gave them thousands. And it was a beautiful story. Have you seen the beautiful sculpture to the Choctaw Nation? It's in... Uh, just out near the Jack Lynch Tunnel, I think. Yeah. And it's feathers representing... Right. You know that one? You know that's the one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's where that story interconnects. So isn't that a lovely... That is beautiful, yeah. yeah. It's a it lovely really sense of, of, of kindness. I'm going to finish up with this, right? And I'm going to put you on the spot. Have I ever killed a man? No. Oh, <laughs> Don't ask me anyway. <laughs> now I'm terrified. I know. No, 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 we'll no. have to cut that bit out, Ron. No. Don't cut anything out, <laughs> Leave it all in. My guys are recording it on their phones anyway. <laughs> Is he wrong? Go, oh, I don't like this game anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've got a trapdoor. Okay, sorry. I'll put you on the spot, right? Not for again. So you've hit the pinnacle of broadcasting. Yes, in Ireland. I'm dead. Okay. Have you any advice for two up and coming broadcasters? Get out now while you can. No, I, I, I think that um, I don't advice. think I'm in a in a place to give you advice, uh, and I say this because you're coming at. Um, broadcasting from a far different world than I am. That is to say podcasts, which I, I'm not involved in the podcast world. You're, I think strangely, the podcast world is where exactly you guys should be. And that's why it's going to grow for you. And um, the next question for you is, what do you do next? Because there's only so much, I think, to an extent you can do of 
you know, a podcast, uh, if you run out of people, Ireland's small, like, you know, yeah, it yeah. depends, depends. How, what, how ambitious are you for the show? Do you take the show on the road? Do you, which of course, that would be great to do a road show. Uh, do you um, go uh, more international or, you know, how do you feel about that? Um, and then would you, how do you feel about doing something on television? Would that be, you know, of interest to you? So these are the questions I'd be asking if, if I were you, um, because, you know, you're both a good, I'm looking at you, Six out of ten for looks. So, <clears throat> you know, you could, you could, you could chance. A, <laughs> you got chance a TV career. My dad said I have a face for the radio. Oh well, uh, <laughs> welcome to my world, pal. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, so it, it follow follow that. Um, if you really want to do it, you're great at it. Like I've really enjoyed talking to you today. I have to say, I, I thought I would. That's why I said yes because I when I met you, I knew. We were the, you, you, I think you caught the side of me that a lot of people don't often catch, which yeah. is the, the messer really. Yeah. And I hope you got a sense of that oh, today, yeah. you know, yeah. because it's yeah. been it's been great. But you don't need much more advice from me because I think what you're doing is golden. So well, keep th- going. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean that. And listen, it was an honor again to speak, Jack. Yeah. Thank you for having us on the Late Show for coming on our podcast. You know, it's a pleasure. It's, it's a pleasure as ours. And um, no, thank you, and, and you know, thank you for doing this. I think generationally, it's so great that you're you're talking a talk that that hasn't happened when i was younger this program wouldn't exist and as a country we're divils for pushing stuff under the the rug as you know uh this is the healthiest uh you know most engaging smartest thing you can be doing and you do it with such skill um i'll tell you what i really think when we stop recording but um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but ultimately no thank you for, for having you. me on the show it's been a pleasure real Thanks privilege actually thank you both thank, thank you, you very much and look there's a t-shirt there we'll send you home with a t-shirt do you know what there's one for everybody in the audience yeah. At last, somebody else gets to say that. Here he was thinking of that since the beginning of the podcast. He was he was probably he was thinking to himself. How will I get? Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.